Like a Dennis, me, Alan Smith, where we publish the results of today's prison journal on Tuesday, September the 20th. So, the front page of paper today is actually Nestor, it's just a great big picture of the Queen's funeral, it's like a wraparound um, thing because you um, loads of pictures for the the other go ons on yesterday. So, you when you open it up inside, it just says um, the final journey. So, uh, the Queen made her final journey as she was laid to rest at Windsor last night following a day which uh, shall forever be etched in history. With the second Elizabethan age at an end, uh, millions watched her ruin the globe as a nation in mourning says a final goodbye uh, to its longest-serving monarch. The Queen's moving state funeral was uh, unprecedented in scale and grandeur for a sovereign uh, incomparable in duty and service. The world's kings, queens, presidents and prime ministers flocked to Westminster Abbey, travelling thousands of miles to pay tribute to the late monarch. The service honoured her public life, but uh, grief is the price we pay for love, uh, the Queen once said, and the deep personal heartache was evident too. King Charles III, sticking with sorrow, uh, led his nation, his siblings, his uh, kids and grandkids uh, in honouring the Queen. Uh, Charles was visibly moved, uh, seemed close to tears as the national anthem was sung. For him, in a rousing tribute to his new reign. Uh, his words to his mother, handwritten on a message on the Queen's coffin, uh, were a poignant touch from her son um, and heir. In loving and devoted memory, Charles R. The coffin was a blaze of colour, a striking sight against the black and white checkered steam flare of the Gothic Abbey. So, well, I don't think it matter for you with it in the world, but um, it probably was on the TV somewhere or there, but certainly it was on the hell day here. And, um, well, I have to say the um, Army and Navy and Air Force lads did a, a tremendous job and, um, you know, never put a fat rug really and they were just um, rehearsed within an inch of their life, I think, but uh, certainly showed... UK up the good light and um, folk playing the pipes and all the musical instruments it was um, playing along the way it was uh, tip top and um, yeah well a fitting send off I think for, uh, for the Queen but that's her now and uh, now we'll start with King Charles III and it's kind of I reckon nobody else but for now I'm thinking about uh, King Charles am I thinking about the lads with the long black curly hair but he's neither that he's about to uh, Follically challenges me in here, but he has a big Bobby Charlton comb over. I'm never allowed to say that about the king. Now, here we are up on page nine, and still this time with the funeral. So, um, uh, services did her proud, says veteran. This is a Stonehaven Royal British Legion opened its doors for the for an intimate showing at the Queen's funeral. The club was open to members, and the wider community uh, is a place together to pay final respects to Her Majesty. Uh, shortly before the funeral started, the streets of Stonehaven was empty. Callum Adams, first chairman of the club, and Palm Gerard, his treasurer, decided to open their doors to the community. Uh, Miss Gerard said it was uh, just for a place for folk together and for the community relay, uh, Bahrain members, as well as the extended community. 
Stuart Hector works part of the funeral at home before deciding to go into the club. Mr Hector served in the army for 12 years and watched the servicemen take part in the procession with a keen eye. He said the funeral was spectacular and emotional. He said the marching, it was very uh, tip-top, there's something else. Uh, they didn't put a fit wrong. Well, I would have to agree with him, although I did a kind of hell for a lot about it. Uh, the services, the Army, the Navy and the RF did her proud. Another veteran, if I didn't want to be named, <laughs> spoke at the time of his time in the Gordon Highlanders. He recalled meeting the Queen twice, as well as meeting Charles when he was the Duke of Rothsey. Uh, Lynn and Gary Sunderland from North Yorkshire have been staying in a caravan park at Haven since last Tuesday. The couple were worried they wouldn't be able to watch the funeral because their caravan doesn't have TV, but discovered the club was open to everybody. Mrs Sunderland said they wanted to see it, we didn't want to miss it. So we're grateful we were able to watch it in here. So, well, there we go. That's, um, you know, I think it'd be quite good to be watching it with a, a buckle of their folk in a hand because uh, it was a, a fair old uh, length of time and I think it'd be better if you had somebody else there to gang and make a cup of tea now and again and you had to keep doing it yourself. Now here we're on to page 19. And it's still just about the funeral, so uh, here's a reason about here. Ex-model Lancaster's police duty owner. So, this is Penny Lancaster, has described working as a special police constable during the Queen's funeral as the biggest honour. The TV presenter and former model, who is married to Sir Rod Stewart, uh, was uh, one of the 15,000 bobbies working the funeral procession in London. Special Constable Lancaster uh, manned the barriers near uh, Gre- uh, Queen Victoria's memorial for she made uh, sure the public remained safe uh, during the procession. Um, outlining why she uh, decided to work on the day of the funeral, she told the PA news agency, I think it's the, the same reason why every other officer wanted to be here, uh, because we swore an oath to the Queen to serve in the office of Constable. This is the biggest honour of all, to be able to serve on Her Majesty the Queen's funeral. Today has been quite a long shift, but I wouldn't have missed it for the world. So, well, well done to her, because all she says is need to be doing that, but she has some kind of sense of duty, and, um, well, this is, a, you know, a common um, and quite a regular police constable, then to be, you know, decide to work on that day is... Um, Really well done on her, I would say. Excellent um, stuff. We just uh, leave Rod at home playing with trains after a bit of time. Ah, good on her. Now we're up to page 21, still about the funeral. But anyway, here's a thing here. A man who found first saying the Queen was indeed. So a man who queued to see the Queen lying in state said he was going to tell the monarch to get out of her coffin because he was not dead, a court has heard. <laughs> Mark Haig, uh, for his 52, was escorted from the line and later arrested after a concerned mourner <laughs> heard his comment in Victoria Tower Gardens on Saturday. <laughs> He appeared in at the Westminster Magistrates Court yesterday to plead guilty to a charge under Section 5 of the Public Order Act. <laughs> that must be the in it's, um, you can be 
you know, arrested and charged for being a guy pie, I think. Anyway, prosecutor Louise Burnell said a TV crew interviewing folk <laughs> who waited in line to pay their respects to the Queen asked what they were going to do once they got into Westminster Hall. <laughs> Um, a male, now known to be Mr. Haig, was heard saying, <laughs> I will tell her to get out of her effing coffin because she's not dead. District Judge Nita Meenhas fined Haig from Limehouse, East London, £120, which was deemed served because of the time he had spent in custody. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about the unprofessional manner of this reading, but God almighty... <laughs> It takes our kinds, isn't it? Oh, well, he's a £120 lighter for um, giving us his thoughts, which he would have been really better keeping to himself, but... <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. No, because there's a bit of a lack of stories there, because I had just about the funeral. I'll just do a few of this uh, on this day in, in the years gone by. So in uh, 1842... Sir James Dewar, a Scottish physician and chemist and inventor of the vacuum flask. Oh, cryptic clever lad he is. Um, a very handy thing indeed. He was born at King Carden on 4th. Sounds very posh. Uh, in 1854, the Battle of Alma, fought by the British against the Russians in the Crimean War, produced six winners of the Victoria Cross. Well done, lads. In 1885, Jelly Roll Morton. I was a pianist, um, a composer and singer, and one of the first jazz musicians. First jazz musicians was born in New Orleans. Well, far better to be born for a jazz money than there. And um, what a tip-top name, Jilly Roll Morton. <laughs> um, 1917, the first RSPCA animal clinic was opened in Liverpool. 1931, Britain came off the gold standard to stop foreign speculation against the pound. The devaluation brought uh, strikes and even a near mutiny by 15 Navy ships birthed in Scotland. Oh, crikey, in that now. 1944, Guy Gibson, a British pilot and Victoria Cross winner for the Dambusters action against the uh, um, moon in Ada Dams was killed when his aircraft crashed in Holland on its way back to the base. In um, 1948, the first Cannes Film Festival opened. In 1961, the first non-stop swim across the channel and back was started by uh, Argentino Antonio Alberto Rondo. He successfully completed the feat after 43 hours, 10 minutes. Jeez, I think I could swim for longer than 10 minutes. In my mind, 43 hours. 1984, a, a suicide bomber drove a lorry load of explosives at the UK embassy's, uh, embassy in Beirut, killing 40 folk. And uh, on this day last year, the Crown finally won the top drama prize for British talent at the 73rd uh, Primetime Emmy Award. So, well, I'm pretty sure the Crown will be gone for a couple more seasons yet now, because there'll be hellacks of new stories to tell now, uh, real or made up or otherwise. Now just finish up with Sport as Normal on the uh, back page or just inside if it is the back page is the actual sport and it's a uh, McCrory at Clark's door over Scotland call up uh, thanks to his, his top form at Aberdeen. 
So uh, Everdeen boss Jim Goodwin believes Ross McCrory must be knocking on the door of Scotland's squad. Midfielder McCrory missed out on selection for Scotland's upcoming UEFA Nations League games with Ukraine and Ireland. Um, Scotland hosted opponents for the war on Ukraine at Hamden in a League B Group 1 fixture on night. Um, there's no Aberdeen players in the national boss Steve Clark's 21-man squad, but Goodwin is convinced McCrory is an international of the future and hope the breakthrough comes soon. So, well, there's nothing like bumming up your own players and, um, you know, try and get them a few caps and increase their value. He's a very astute man, Mr Goodwin. So, come on, Aberdeen. And uh, come on, Scotland. Now, as me, Don Fredino, and just a wee puckly stories for the day's P&J on the 20th of September 2022. Um, a very pleasant day up in the Marines today, quite uh, warm in the sun, actually, and after a uh, uh, cool morning air was uh, going red up, but um, yeah, a lovely renewable dinner time and up till late afternoon was just tipped up. So, um, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. No, and if you uh, rack your brains and try and think of somebody else for might like to listen to what you think, and um, Give me a shout, let me kind of put it further, can subscribe and how to listen in every day. That would just be tip top. In the meantime, thanks very much. Cheers now. Toodaloo.